0: Are you struggling with sugar and carb cravings? Maybe you've tried intermittent fasting, but it's too restrictive and it wasn't sustainable for you. And are you ready to lose weight in a healthy way so that you can keep it off? Well, today in this live coaching episode, I help Emily come up with some actionable steps so she can tackle her sugar cravings. So she can figure out why intermittent fasting may not have been a good starting point for her. And how she can lose weight in a healthy way. So, tune in for this healthy life jumpstart call with Emily. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Healthy Beyond 40 Show. I'm Michelle Mamafor, a military wife. I'm my doctorate in physical therapy, and I'm an online personal trainer, health coach, and yoga teacher. Do you wish that you had more energy and could get into shape? Do you feel like you're struggling to lose weight? Maybe you've tried a diet before, but it just wasn't sustainable, and now you don't know how to get started. We're gonna look at health holistically here and most importantly, keep things simple and quick. If you're ready to develop healthier habits, exercise consistently, and lose weight sustainably without long workouts or following strict diets, then you're in the right place. In this podcast, I bring together my expertise with real life strategies. No magic pill here, so lace up those shoes and get moving. All right, well, I'm so excited today to talk to Emily. So this is just going to be a live coaching session for Emily. So Emily, tell us what your biggest struggle or what is going on right now.
1: Sure. Thank you so much, by the way, (laughs) for having me. And I think that the biggest struggle I'm having right now is that the only time I've really seen success with weight loss and kind of uh, keeping weight off has been when I've done intermittent fasting, and it would be trying to pretty much white knuckle myself to not eat anything until about noon. And then being done at about 530, also trying to really limit any kind of snacks that I would have. And the problem with that is that I actually really like to eat. (laughs) I like breakfast, especially, and just made me like really sad to just kind of be having my stomach Growling pretty much all morning. And just having black tea just was kind of depressing, honestly. And so I am definitely probably about 10 10 to 15 pounds heavier than I would like to be. Uh, Also being a minimalist and a declutter person, I am very hesitant to want to go get more clothes. (laughs) Because I figure, well, you know, I have these clothes and I would like to still fit into them rather than going up into bigger sizes because I'm almost at the weight that I was when I was pregnant with my youngest child. And so um, I'm active. I do strength training and cardio about five days a week. I have a program I've been following for over two and a half years consistently. So I like that. I'm happy with that, but I'm a little lost as to how to best fuel myself because I know in my head, in my heart, what I should be eating. But when things get crazy and stressful, I go for the sugar, I go for the carbs. I try not to go for the alcohol. But if it is presented to me to have a glass of wine when I'm stressed, I will definitely say yes. And I'm just not kind of making the healthiest choices to you know, support the weight loss that I would like. So then there's all the self-confidence issues that I guess come along with that too.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. And for those listening, I did a few episodes on intermittent fasting. So those those are episodes six through eight, if you want to check them out, because it's not always the answer. There can be some benefits, but maybe there's somewhere else you can start. And if you're doing a noon to five thirty, that's a pretty short window. So it might be too restrictive, and it obviously didn't feel good for you. And do you think intermittent fasting helped you because overall you were eating less?
1: Yes, I think that it did help me in that I don't feel like I was having as much in the way of maybe the sugar and the carbs, because when I was eating, I was trying to be more intentional, I guess, about what those meals looked like. And some days, I didn't think about it you know, that it would be like 1130 or something. I thought, Oh, yeah, wow, I hadn't, you know, eaten this morning. And I wasn't really bothered by it. But I think that the problem is just sort of the part of me that's like, well, you, you did your exercise, and you did your strength training, and you need to be fueling your muscles and that kind of thing. But the problem is, I don't fuel it with like a a green smoothie. (laughs) Yeah, I'm fueling it with like, The carbs and the sugar and the things that are not helping me so it's it's hard i um i'm kind of what's called an obliger which means that i do well with external accountability and external obligations i don't do so well with internal and so it's like i can know that something is helpful for me and i don't necessarily follow it uh and that's you know that's the hard part. If I feel if I feel like I'm being restricted, then I kind of rebel. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be told that I, you know, can't eat breakfast. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't
1: want to be told that I have to wait until noon to eat or I have to write down everything I eat. Like I my personality is such that if it's micromanaged, then I get a lot of anxiety about it and then I'll rebel and I'll just be like, I'm just gonna eat whatever I want. So, yeah, Yeah. definitely not healthy, which is why I'm here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think a couple of things you brought up that intermittent fasting might have helped is you are very intentional about your meals and you are also eating less sugar and carbs. And I think, you know, if someone wants to try intermittent fasting, you have to have a foundation first. So if you're having those carb cravings and sugar cravings, emotional eating, working on that First and seeing how far that gets you, that may get you to where you need to be. And so what are some triggers that you have for that emotional eating or sugar cravings?
1: Definitely my period. That's a huge one. And because I also have a lack of, I guess, energy in that week leading up to my period. And so I don't put as much Energy into the food that I'm preparing for myself or even for my family, honestly. And the other would be just kind of like managing the stress of motherhood with two very energetic boys (laughs) that are butting heads a lot, or I'm butting heads with one of them. And in order to sort of escape that stress, instead of maybe stepping outside for a minute and taking my deep breaths or whatever, I'm like frantically searching for some sort of, you know, sweet something that is going to help me feel better because I can't control the situation of my five-year-old not doing the thing I asked him to do 15 times, but I can feel temporarily better when I have a handful of like dark chocolate chips or something. So yeah. I would say, yeah, the emotional side of it is really like comfort when you can't escape the stress.
0: Yeah. And I have three boys. I have four kids, but my three youngest are boys and they're, they're just a little different. They're all loud and then they're loud together and can be very overwhelming and stressful. So your triggers are your period, which sort of causes that lack of energy, and that lack of energy causes you not to prepare food as much, and then obviously just the stress of motherhood and searching for something you can control, probably getting that little dopamine hit from sugar, trying to soothe yourself and make yourself feel better. So I think one great simple way that I like to start with some clients is just doing a five-minute pause. And really creating that space between your stressor and pausing. And this could be taking a deep breath. It could be going outside and not controlling the outcome yet. So when you start this five-minute pause, it's just literally taking a five-minute pause. And if after that five-minute pause, you still want a piece of chocolate or whatever, you can do it. But it's first getting that habit of, I'm going to pause. And then after you do that for a while, then it's going to be getting more intentional, what are my goals? Really creating a bigger vision for what you want for your health and getting that to line up. But first you gotta create that habit of just pausing. So then you can use that thinking part of your brain, just like I tell my kids, like your thinking brain is not on right now, it works for us too, but we have to create that pause in that space and get our thinking brain back on so we can make choices. Because even in that moment, if that chocolate is making you feel good, which it does because you're getting that sugar, you're getting that dopamine, is that actually making you feel good long-term? And it probably, yeah, it probably isn't. So getting that to line up and creating a pause and people do different things on their pause. So it's sort of finding what is helpful or restorative to you. And sometimes you have to play with it. So if you're doing something that's like, that's not helping, then sort of figuring out what else can you do to make that five minute pause a little more restorative and restful. And the other thing I wanna talk up is we talk about sugar and carb cravings and those go together because typically carbs, especially if they're simple carbs, they basically act like sugar in our bloodstream. So they're the same thing if they're processed or refined carbs, it's the same thing as sugar, is regulating our blood sugar because if you are having a blood sugar dip So your blood sugar goes down, then your body is naturally really going to want to get something in it fast. And that's where those sugar and carb cravings are going to come in on a physiological level. So you could have that emotional level and that physiological level where your body really wants something quick and sugar and carbs are the fastest thing that it can get. And that's why when we're starving, we just naturally grab for that stuff. So regulating your blood sugar can be really important. And what do you usually eat for
1: breakfast? I usually have oatmeal with either walnuts and like dried cherries or something or peanut butter, which is my favorite food. (laughs) Uh, That's like part of my tagline. I eat peanut butter out of the jar. That's true. that with a little bit of almond milk. And then I usually have like a chai tea, a skinny chai tea latte, which is the almond milk with some of this skinny Tazo chai concentrate stuff. And that's because I'm not a coffee drinker. And the black tea, like I said, if I when I was fasting, I would just have black tea. And that would be it. But as I've been eating breakfast, that's been kind of my go to.
0: And that might be one area to play around with. I mean, That's a nice whole food breakfast that you're getting, which is good. But it could be a little experiment to see, what if I have a higher protein breakfast? Maybe you can have some carbs, but eat your protein first. If I have a higher protein breakfast, how does that make me feel the rest of the day? And notice if that changes things. Because sometimes if we're starting with a higher carb breakfast, that can spike our blood sugar right away. And adding like those walnuts in there can be helpful or peanut butter. But oatmeal still is pretty high in carbs. And you can still get that blood sugar spike first thing in the morning. And then you can sort of go up and down on that blood sugar roller coaster. So that could be something to experiment with. And we're all different. So that's why there's not one answer. So you do have to experiment. So maybe taking a week and trying a higher protein breakfast like having a smoothie or having some type of omelet, maybe with some berries on the side, berries are a little bit lower in sugar. And doing that for a week and see how that makes you feel and see how that affects the rest of your day.
1: Yeah, that sounds good. I like how you're focusing on how it makes me feel and how I can function because I have noticed and again, I know this is very normal, I think for your um, audience, is just energy levels and that I get adequate sleep and I exercise regularly and I try to do you know stress relieving activities and that kind of thing. But I have found that my energy levels, I've just been very fatigued in general. And I'm sure that the carbs and the sugar are not helping that. So I like your focus on, okay, let's experiment with this and then see how it makes us feel. So instead of having that roller coaster, (laughs) it's more of like the sustained, which will hopefully sustain my energy as well.
0: Yeah. And I do group health coaching calls for my private clients and for people in my healthy for life membership. And one of the people in there. This was one tweak we made that she started with a higher protein breakfast because she was struggling with her energy and energy dips in the afternoon. And this one thing made a huge difference. So it's really just taking that time and noticing what happens and looking at it as a week on a whole, because sometimes we can have just days where we're off. It can also definitely help with energy too, because it's stabilizing your blood sugars. Perfect. So we talked about doing that five-minute pause, and then maybe trying a heavier protein breakfast. And the other thing I wanted to bring up real quick, because I know you had mentioned it to me before this call, is about drinking more water. So what is the typical amount of water you would drink a day?
1: I would say that I am probably, definitely not 64 to 100. I I would say I'm probably like 30, 32 ounces of water a day. And again, it is like most, I'm sure, of your listeners. It's like, oh yeah, water. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to be doing that. I'm supposed to be doing that. And I will say I drink water more than anything else. I don't drink coffee during the day. I don't drink, you know, whatever, soda juice. I don't drink anything. It's like my morning chai tea and then I have water for the rest of the day. But I definitely don't drink enough. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Have you ever tried to drink more
1: I have, but it's like, I've tried to track it as like a habit, you know, in my planner and that kind of thing. And it has not been something that I have stuck with, but I know that I feel so much better. And especially when I was doing intermittent fasting, I sometimes would have headaches, you know, as part of the days that I would do that. And I'm sure it's because I wasn't, you know, drinking enough water. So Yes, it has been my Achilles heel of my health journey, for sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I think that is something that can help you potentially with both of those, with the energy. And you sort of briefly said it, that you feel better when you drink enough. But also, it might help you with the sugar and carb cravings, because water can be filling. That could also be something you do in that five-minute pause, is to go drink a glass of water. So it's been hard for you to develop this habit, but really trying to find ways to get more water in. And the same thing with the protein is notice how you feel. So maybe you're gonna take one week to really bump up your water. And if you're at 30 to 32 ounces, maybe just bumping it up to 50 or 60 and slowly making your way up to finding that level that feels good for you. And I'll just sort of give, A couple ideas and you tell me if any of these sound good. So one is having a glass of water at every meal. So thinking of that breakfast, you're drinking your water, lunch, it just becomes a part of the meal. So you're not having to think of it outside. You could do if you need that visual reminder or alarm on your phone to drink water, having a big glass that holds A lot of ounces so maybe 40 to 60 ounces and seeing that for your whole day of what you need to drink so do any of those ideas sound like something you would like to try
1: yeah i like i like both of those actually as far as the larger glass and then also having it with my meals a lot of times with my meals especially with lunch and dinner where i'm also kind of helping at least one kiddo (laughs) uh, focusing so much on the constant requests for more food for them. And I'm not normally like, I'm going to have my glass of water now and do it, but I like pairing it with my meal because it's like one less thing to think about. If it's something that I'm doing already, I'm big into the habit stacking stuff. So think about it as a habit stack. And then also you doing that within that larger glass to have that visual. I think that I could do that. The um, reminders, that is something I could do. I do put a reminder on my phone to take my um, medicine and my vitamins, and that is very helpful. So either tacking plus a glass of water or something onto that and kind of experimenting with that might be an option too.
0: Yeah. So I think that can be a great starting point Just starting with the meals and having that longer visual and probably just another little tip is to drink most of it or half or three fourths of it before you even eat your meal. That way you're sort of hydrating yourself first, because if we're dehydrated, we'll typically eat more than we need to, too. And our body doesn't become aware of that fullness cue as well.
1: Yeah, that makes Um, sense.
0: Perfect. I felt like we got through a lot in a really short amount of time here. So we talked about doing the water, starting with the meals, having that larger glass, having more of a protein heavy breakfast and really both of those experimenting and seeing how you feel for a week and seeing if you notice a difference and sometimes really tuning into that and maybe writing that down because going forward, if you know like, man, that really helped me to feel better, I noticed this difference, then that's going to give you a little motivation and inspiration to keep going when you don't feel like it. And then we also talked about the sugar and carb cravings doing that five-minute pause, maybe another time to drink water, but really playing with that. And that five-minute pause is just the beginning, and dealing with those sugar and carb cravings is something that you might need to continue working on, but that gives you a starting point with it. Because if you get that under control, you may not need intermittent fasting or something else, and you're building a stronger foundation
1: for your health. That all sounds amazing and totally doable, which I'm all about. (laughs) Awesome. So thank you. You're welcome.
0: And I just want to give Emily a little shout out here. She has her own podcast, Mom's Overcoming Overwhelm podcast, and she has decluttering systems. So can you tell my audience a little bit about what you do and where they can find you?
1: Sure. So Mom's Overcoming Overwhelm. You don't overcome it with sugar <laughs> or chocolate bars. <laughs> no, I focus on decluttering your home head and heart. And I really love this podcasting space. So I have a weekly podcast. So anywhere you find your podcast, you can find that. And then I also have a free Facebook group where we do decluttering challenges fifteen minutes a day for five days. Again, the small, sustainable habits uh, in a different kind of area of your of your life. And yeah, and I give, I have decluttering coaching that I offer. And that's just to help all the overwhelmed moms out there that have too much stuff in their house. I am here for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that. Thanks for sharing that. And I think it's so important when we have a little bit more control of our house and what's around us, it actually allows us to focus more on our health and ourselves when we get that done. So make sure you guys check her out. I'll put the links down below so you guys can find her and um, follow her in her Facebook group or anywhere else. All right. So thanks so much for being here today.
1: Thank you, Michelle.
0: So I hope that you guys were able to take away some tips from this episode and really think about how you can incorporate some of these ideas into your own life. And if you guys are looking to lose weight in a way that is healthy and you don't really know what that next step is, I encourage you to set up a free health coaching call with me where we can talk over the struggles specific to you and come up with some ideas that are going to work for you because everyone is different. In my wellness breakthrough program, I do weekly coaching calls with my clients just like this so that we can find the changes they need to make and we can have that accountability each week and then we can keep moving forward. My wellness breakthrough program is a four month program where I help build a foundation of health. We start at the bottom, build these basics so that you're able to sustain your health for your whole life as you age. You're able to learn how to exercise for your body, how to build muscle. You learn what foods work for your body. You're going to learn how to tackle your sugar cravings, how to balance your blood sugar, And I'm going to give you some blood sugar hacks. So the information will be down below. You can set up a free health coaching call and find out more information about my wellness breakthrough program so that you can start taking that next step forward in your health and not wondering what to do.